welcome to 2022 for Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub. I'm Jamie Preston, and we're here with Matt Staub. How you doing? Good, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. You survived Christmas. Survived Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. Anything exciting? Like, you know, were you in bed by nine on New Year's Eve? You know, I think um, I think New Year's Eve we. Uh, what did we, we, we played cards. Um, my nice. family and I just like, like to awesome. play cards and um, ended up, you know, a, a long card game. And then we realized, gosh, it's time to go to bed. And it was 1130. So yeah. it was kind of obligatory at that point. Like, okay, let's just stay up to right. make sure they're going to bo- drop the ball again. And sure enough, they did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. New Year. We actually went to Carowinds. Oh, yeah. They had their, their Winterfest still going, and then they had like a special New Year's Eve thing. And, and my wife, she's she's uh, uh, was in the Air Force, so they, it was like 25 bucks each. And so we, we went to that, and that's the first time I've been on a upside-down roller coaster since I was probably a teenager. Wow. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Huh. I was too big to get on it. So, oh, good point. so yeah. Good and point. so this yeah. is all new experiences for me. So yeah. I've got Did you ride the one that's the, that does like the biggest drop and in... they, they didn't have those open. They okay. only had two of the okay. kind of big, they weren't huge roller coasters, but they, but I tell you what, it was, it was definitely experience. So yeah. we, we had a good time. So it was, it was a good new year's. That's I, cool. We enjoyed it. So, Very cool. but yeah, but so Matt, let's, let's get into, before we get into 2022, Let's talk about and let's celebrate 2021. What happened, you know, in your life and and, and healthcare with SC House Calls and Main Street Physicians and, and SC Home RX, and let's kind of revisit some of that. Go back and then let's go forward. You know, Jamie, that, uh, thank you, thank you. That's that's a good perspective. I think, um, you know, certainly in the first you know, first couple of days of 2022 here, mm-hmm. um, been so focused on on you know, planning through what the next several weeks, next several months, entire year looks like, you know, it, it's, it's responsible, I think, to look back at, at 2021, not only like we've talked about on this podcast before to, to celebrate wins, but to, to leverage those real opportunities to, to propel us forward. So, you know, I, I do want to take the opportunity to, to just kind of, to highlight some of those yeah. 2021 things that, that we were able to do, um, you know, a very incredible year, actually. Again, despite a pandemic, despite the the problems in front of us, um, you know, we were able to able to do a, a number of things. Um, the the yeah, let's let's just take a minute to highlight. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we brought on a number of new providers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I think it was more than seventy. Um, new people came on board with us this, this year that, that were providers. But in the midst of that, you know, we've probably hired close to 200 people, yeah. uh, if not more, um, in, in 2021, just because we've, we've grown that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number I saw just the other day was um, 285 providers, which doesn't wow. include um, any of our like part-time collaborating physicians, mm-hmm. Uh, for our, for nurse practitioners, you know, and so so the majority of that being nurse practitioners, but certainly MDs, DOs, PAs, yeah, um, you know, it was it was a good year for recruitment for us um, for positions, but but we were able to add uh, licensed clinical social workers with mm-hmm. with Brad and Sarah. Um, I think we've got some others coming on board. We do, yeah. we, we've uh, 
you know, got, got social worker positions that, that, you know, are helping to support advanced care plan conversations. We've got patient care coordinators who are helping to support advanced care plan conversations. And then, you know, other back office kind of things of medical assistants and coders and, um, you know, because we've had to, because, because we've grown that way. It's a robust team. It really is. And, and, and I don't know that this, the stat, but now, uh, and I don't know if we figured it out, but that's the providers that we have, that's a significant amount of providers when you look at the percentage of the state. Oh yeah. I, I think, you know, of, of nurse practitioners that didn't work in a hospital setting, SC house calls accounts for, you know, I, I, think the number was close to 20 percent yeah so it was that's you know almost 10 percent for for the entire state so um so so we've we've definitely made definitely made a difference definitely made an impact throughout the state Mm -hmm. um you know in 2021 we were able to to move into georgia yep um so moving into a new state with with different regulations different you know uh roadblocks and opportunities there um, you know, I, I think we've come out of the gate strong there, um, in Augusta, in the Savannah markets, you know, we've got plans to push kind of those, both those operations mm-hmm. toward Macon, which is in the kind of the middle of the Southern part of the state to, to make a nice little triangle there. And then, then kind of figure out where we, where we go from there. But i really pleased we were able to, to push into Georgia yeah. this year. Um, we, we served over 64,000 patients. That's in huge. South Carolina and Georgia last year. And, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. I, and I always, I always like to like have an illustration of what that's like. That is a good sized city. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm from a city of about 40,000, you right. know, in, in Fairborn, Ohio. I mean, that's larger than Fairborn, Ohio. Right. And, and that's, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, we, we, of those 64,000, about 12,000 of those were new to our practice this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so pretty pleased about, about, you know, the number of new people we were able to help. Certainly that's, you know, inclusive of, of some people that we've lost this year. And, um, you know, that's, that's our practice understands the circle of life and, yeah. and are there to support it. We did just over 40, uh, 450,000 visits. Wow. On those, on those 64,000 patients. Um, and, and we did, you know, a number that really kind of jumps off the page to me, Jamie, is that we conducted over 65,000 advanced care plan conversations mm. this year, which, you know, to think about that conversation of a provider or a social worker or a PCC or, you know, any of our healthcare professionals having that conversation with a patient that really gives them the opportunity to, to you know, plan to ask questions about their disease process to you know really look at at what an advanced care plan does for them as a patient and what it does for their goals of care i, th- I think is is very significant and i yeah. just i applaud those those people that are having those conversations with our patients and just really appreciate that yeah, and those those aren't easy conversations they're those not are, they're difficult and they take time um they take skill uh and and it's it's it takes a lot and, and I would venture to say there's not anybody else near that number in the state of South Carolina of doing that many conversations. I, I, I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine there is. Yeah, there's not. I, yeah, I can't, can't imagine, imagine there is. So, um, you know, I, I think for for um, 
the culture for the model of our business. We've always been, you know, wanted to be a partner in healthcare, never wanted to, right. to, you know, be on our own island. Um, so, you know, as you think about partnerships, we, we serve a lot of assisted livings and skilled nursings mm-hmm. throughout the state. We were able to increase that um, by about 40 facilities this year between, wow. you know, assisted living, independent living, skilled nursing. Um, so, so that was a, that was a good increase. You know, certainly that speaks to, to my heart, just having grown up sure. in, in healthcare and, and assisted living and skilled nursing. So, you know, it, it's a difficult business when you're, when you're not dealing with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to think about, you know, I'll just use the term congregate living, um, where you got people under one roof, you got staff in and out of there, you know, it's, it's hard with, with COVID and certainly those, those people that are operating those facilities daily, you know, my, my hats are off to them, but you know, with, with our teams that are going in there on a daily basis and supporting via telemedicine or in the middle of the night or whatever the case may be, you know, I, I think that um, to be able to say that we've, we've grown more in a year really speaks to the quality of service that, that we're really providing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As, as well as, as well as, you know, even our, our home health partners, that number's staggering of the amount of, you know, I think it was 7,000 plus orders that through home health, that, that different home health organizations that were able to help. Um, you know, I look at the number of, of geriatric psychiatric consults that we do and, mm. you know, you hear a lot about mental health and, and how, how there's an improvement that needs to happen in mental health throughout the country. And I really think as an organization, we've, we've met that head on. We've heard that cry of, of you know, whether it's, whether it's you're dealing with anxiety or whether it's in, you're dealing with advanced schizophrenia. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, got, we've got ways that we can support those patients to really find a, a need for them so that we're supporting them through through multi disciplines um you know i'm i'm just really impressed with with the amount that that we're able to move the needle there and and then certainly this year um our pharmacy consults you know we've really committed to having those doctors of pharmacy really be an integral part of the mm-hmm. of the plan of care for patients that they're able to do you know sometimes those advanced med reviews sometimes suggesting why you know, a person's not taking a, a, a particular medicine that, that, you know, their, their physician, their provider has prescribed and because it makes them feel a different way and then offer alternate solutions or, or look at ways, ways things interact or, or I know just my own personal, um, experience talking to a pharmacist to be able to, to say, you know, the times I take the medications that I'm on and, and when I need to take them mm-hmm. just to be able to have a, a you know, somebody who has a doctorate in, in pharmacy be able to say, you know, you need to take this medication early in the morning and you need to wait to take the, the other one, you know, till after you eat so that there's not any kind of interaction there. So really for me, help, just helping get on a, a, a regular um, therapeutic schedule yeah. of, of what I'm taking, I, I can't imagine that other people aren't the same way of, of making right. sure they take those medications at the right times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's no doubt that, that that made a huge difference in people's health care and, and kept people out of the hospital, um, made them better. I, I know for my mom, like her medications, like the, she has to take them at certain times of the day. And the closer she is to a, an on time schedule, the healthier she is 
um, uh, because she's, she, she's a liver transplant patient and it's imperative. They said your longevity in life will depend on when you take your medications. Yeah. It's, it's that small of a margin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's amazing. Um, and to think that somebody gets to talk to their pharmacist more than 30 seconds, that's right. More than step to the end of the counter and I'll, I'll, you know, Right. Tell you the do's and the don'ts. And you forgot, you know, after you left that conversation in 30 seconds. And... You, you know, <laughs> real funny story about that real quick, Jamie. You can edit this out if you need to. But um, I, I was I was on an antibiotic one time, and it was on something that that I had um, that I'd never been on before. And, I, you know, I got, I got my prescription, didn't get taught by the pharmacist. But on the bottle, it says don't take before laying down or wait to lay down 30 minutes after you, after you take this medication or whatever. And I read it and I was like, well, Hmm. that's just weird. Yeah. Um, and my daughter was, was real young and I took the antibiotic after dinner. I was supposed to take it with dinner. I had, I had missed it. So I I took it and then it was time for her to go to bed, my daughter to go to bed. So I went and I laid down in a bed with her and it felt like, you know, I was there for a few minutes and, felt just kind of like you know your stomach was unsettled or whatever and then all of a sudden it felt like my entire esophagus was on fire oh like i wasn't sure i didn't need to go to the emergency room and, oh. and i ended up telling that story to one of our pharmacists they were like yeah this is what happened you know the flap of your stomach or whatever releases all the, the yeah. opens and, and releases all the gases and, and like it was it was significant pain so wow Again, making sure you take your, your yeah. medications as prescribed, when prescribed, is, is yeah. important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being able to talk to that pharmacist is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Such a great service. Yeah. Thanks for letting me steer off, off topic oh, for no. just a second as that story came back. So, you know, the other thing that I think for 2021, um, this, again, always been a part of our organization is just the, just the investment in innovation I think we've always tried to be a, a innovative company when it comes to processes or people or positions. Yeah. But really this year it was about technology. Um, you know, we, we were able to partner with a number of different softwares to, to be intuitive so that, you know, we didn't, we weren't necessarily having people that, ran reports that were then sharing information, but those, those reports could almost be run, uh, automatically. Mm-hmm. And, and this year, you know, we were able to, to stand up our, uh, power BI our business intelligence platform that gives us information almost to the minute, yeah. um, based off a number of, of key performance ind- indicators. And, and that's really the way of the world now is, is, you know, I know a number of years ago, our good friend Jay Pruitt used to say data is the new donut. Yeah. Um, you know, want, wanting to take information I- instead of taking donuts into, into, you know, whoever you were calling on. But um, it really is, you know, it sure. really is. We, we don't operate well without the information that we need to make decisions. So that was, that was one of the big investments that we made this year. And, and certainly as we've seen that it's become, organic as we've grown in that so we've yeah. we've hired um several people that you know we uh, we don't know what to call them some days so i'll just just kind of refer to them as as software developers <laughs> um because they do a number of things through data that we get from athena they right. do um 
you know, the integrations with Power BI, but now on the back end, they're, they're building an app, right. uh, SE House Calls app that will um, pull in a provider schedule and map the route for them for the, for the next day so that they don't have to spend time putting it in their it. GPS or in Google Maps or in Road Warrior or, or whatever they use. So really, really is a, a time saver, but, you know, it, it, it will also have so much information that, you know, they get out of Athena that they get from different places that'll all be in one place for them. And, and really that's about saving time mm-hmm. so that that provider can spend more time in front of a patient. Yeah. Cause, cause that's where the value is. So Absolutely. I'm really excited about that. And, and as that rolls out, hopefully in this first quarter of 2022, um, one of the goals is to be able to take that mapping information to then be able to send to a Tesla. So for right. providers that have Teslas, they'll be able to upload that into the Tesla and the Tesla will be able to, to use its uh, navigation system to, to drive the provider to wherever, right. to whomever's <laughs> house they go. So, you know, I'm just, we're I'm, in the future. Uh, we are the future. <laughs> like I read something the other day that said George Jetson was born July 31st, 2022. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, we're not to the point of flying cars yet. Yeah. Um, and Elon Musk says the, the reason that we don't have flying cars is because they're too loud. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason. Yeah. Um, makes but, sense. You know, it makes sense when you think about it, but, um, but you know, just just the the way that we're able to process and automate information, um, you know, as as a society, but certainly as SC House Calls, has, has really become impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it's this this company has definitely grown from from that aspect to being very technological, um, so that they can we can make better decisions, like the podcast we did a couple couple of podcasts ago. You know, being able to make better decisions and i and i want to go back to jay pruitt's donut you know data is the new donut now if you combine data with the donut though you've you've really got a winner so i agree just saying i agree that's probably that's probably really jay's Jay's statement um (laughs) you know it i'd I'd be amiss too if i didn't mention our pharmacy uh sc home rx that Mm -hmm. invested in a in in really we call it the robot um as a as a term of endearment but it is a is a machine that is able to fill uh, different types of, of um, medication holding. So we've got like a bingo card, we've got a, a pill box, we've got different um, we've got different delivery methods of right. how people, you know, whether it's a pill bottle or a bingo card or a pill box that people can get their medicine in. So that really has saved time for the pharmacist and the pharmacy staff in SC Home RX that they can spend time you know, with the patient, they can, mm-hmm. and, and not necessarily having to drop one pill in a bottle yeah. at a time. So and um, accuracy has went through the roof. Accuracy has went, th- went through the roof. There's a, a, you know, it's a 0.019% error rate or something. Yeah. So, um, so it, extremely safe. And, and I think that's, um, that's been one of those just things that, that has helped us again, be, be patient forward. Right. Absolutely. So as we talk about these things that, you know, I, I certainly want to highlight them. Um, they're not just a pat on the back. You know, they, uh, I think, I think they're, they're highlighting just some of those, those growth efforts. 
the the thing that I really want people to okay now we've heard you Matt I, I want people to lean in on when they when they hear this podcast is just the quality measures that we've done so let mm-hmm. me talk about those for a minute yeah um, we really you know have had always looked at at a better way to measure quality mm-hmm. um, just so we can know where we started and where we came from so we we put together a quality I'm using air quotes here quality team. Um, that that really looked at our different pair sources and different quality metrics that we were being asked from them, and how can we facilitate those with the with the support staff that we have? Because a lot of those folks are um, are clinicians by trade, registered yeah. nurses, LPNs, um, and and really capturing the services that we're doing with patients uh, in these in these quality metrics that are reported back to the to the payer sources. So, you know, we had several things that we, that we put in place and, and to be able to measure those. But as we take a look back, um, in, in looking back where we started, we had a, a one star rating, um, on, you know, let's say if each, if each, um, payer source had about 12 different metrics, we had a one star in, better than 50% of a lot of them. We have no more metrics where we have one star anymore uh, with five star being the highest. We've got um, several metrics where we were able to move from one star to five stars. So let me put a little context behind that. And one of those is um, patients who have an A1C of, of over 9%. So, you know, where, where it didn't look like we were managing that person's, diabetes before now we've got good systems in place so that we can say hey we're really able to affect the 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 diabetes management of a patient mm-hmm. and here's how we've done it we've done it with in-person visits we've we've done it with our uh, diabetes specialty pod we've done right. it through uh, telemedicine visits we've done it through support from our pharmacists mm-hmm. about you know their whether they're insulin dependent or when they're taking their blood sugars, being able to, to offer these these different services, which I think really is probably in excess of 500 patients yeah. uh, that we've been able to help them manage this yeah. this disease process better. And I, I just dietitian. really could be more proud of yeah, that. You got the dietitians. And, and, and a dietitian. Yeah. Yeah. And a dietitian. Right, which I think is just unbelievable. You know, that it's really... You know, food is food is medicine. You know, at the end of the day, and you know, we're either taking good medicine or bad medicine. Right. Yeah. And after the holidays, I had to get back on some good medicine. So for myself. <laughs> you know, just and and I don't want to necessarily want to belabor the point of of all the different um, criteria of quality metrics that w- that we've gone through, but a lot of it does have to do with medication adherence. A lot of it does have to do with annual wellness visits to mm-hmm. make sure that you're at least seeing your your provider annually to have some of those in-depth conversations, maybe some labs that are drawn. Um, but but really it's about managing those advanced diseases. Yeah. And I think as a practice, we've, we've heard that call from the healthcare industry, from payer sources, from patients who were constantly in and out of the hospital and said, you know, there's got to be a better way to deliver healthcare. And yeah. we've been able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, what a 2021! I think it's 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 amazing um, where things have gone, and, and and 
you know, cause you had to make a lot of pivots in 2021 and, um, 2022 is no different. You know, there's definitely some curveballs from Medicare. Um, so let, let's talk about 2022 and, and some of those changes, some of those things that are coming down the pike. Let's talk about 2022, Jamie. I, you know, I, I, um, <clears throat> I remember last year about this time we were, um, we were dealing with a, a rate cut from CMS um, by, by place of service. So the hospitals last year got a, got a pretty significant rate cut. It didn't affect uh, it, it, it affected us as a practice, um, but we also got some, some rate increases in some other mm-hmm. places that we were able to, to help offset. Um, this year, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I really am very disappointed with the way our federal government has, has now responded to the healthcare industry because we, we did see a rate cut this year. So let me talk. Let me talk about a, unpack that a little bit more, um, as I, as I talk about my disappointment in the federal government. So, for the past three years, I feel like healthcare healthcare employees, you know, you've got banners everywhere that say hashtag healthcare hero, right. um, have provided leadership for the for not only our communities but for our country, sure, and probably for the world for the past two, three years now, mm-hmm. uh, through a global pandemic, through, you know, places that have shut down healthcare, healthcare organizations have never even thought about the opportunity to shut down. Um, you know, and I, I think about the number of, of providers, staff that we've had that have contracted COVID have contracted COVID again. Um, you know, and, and I, and then I think about the response from our government is, well, now we're going to pay you less. And, and, you know, it, it, it really seems um, just like a, like a wrong move. So as, as I look at the final rule and it talks about providers that will have a, a decrease in a, in a fee schedule, it also talks about the benefit of a provider and a patient relationship and having that be more frequent and less intense than than you know necessarily a, a longer visit but in in fewer frequency yeah in a year or whatever so i understand that point of we've certainly seen good outcomes from patients who are seen more often and by multiple providers mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to disease management i think less than two percent end up in the hospital less less than two yeah. percent hospitalization rate you know a, a lot of a lot of avoidable hospitalizations we've been able to affect um through through our model of care so to me the the obvious answer is to to provide more fee structure for for more systems for more support for more resources um clearly i wasn't called and asked um (laughs) what what should be done but um you know i am putting a, a letter together that you know will go to uh, Senator Scott's office, who sits on the the Senate Health Committee, uh, as well as uh, the all the congressional districts for for South Carolina Senate and Congress, um, just just to say how disappointed I am as as a CEO, and I and I do that um, on behalf of our staff and on behalf of our providers who are out there every day making a difference in patients' lives. Sure. You know, for them, I feel like that's, that's certainly part of my job is to protect, protect them. But, you know, I, I think <clears throat> in spite of all of that, we this is the hand we're dealt. 
and mm-hmm. and we have to play the hand we're dealt. Yeah, sure. You, um, yeah, it's a curveball, and the ball's still coming, you, and you got to be able to hit it, and so it, it's, um, so you don't get out of that. So so you don't have to get out of that, and and I think we can, um, I think we can respond, and I think we can thrive through the curveball, um, and and really you know, to use the baseball analogy, continue to hit it out of the park. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So one of the, one of the, I guess to turn over that leaf is to exciting opportunities we have in front of us in 2022 is to enter into a value-based agreement with, um, with some different payer sources. So really, um, you know, probably, I don't know, the better part of 10 or 12 years ago, uh, Michael Porter introduces this, gosh, I guess it's been more than 10 or 12 years ago. Michael Porter introduces this this idea of value-based healthcare instead of fee-for-service, right. where you're really paying for outcomes instead of paying for input, Yeah, as, you know, as, in its simplistic terms. So, you know, now it, here it is, we've, we're looking at our first um, value-based contract where, you know, we we agree that we've got a certain set of members that are patients, and we're going to be responsible for um, part of their expenses, but also thrive in, in part of the cost savings. So, you know, I, I think no other organization is uniquely positioned to enter into these contracts as we are. Yeah. Having Absolutely. not be, been in any before because of the support systems that we have through yeah. our Center for Telehealth, through our um, specialty divisions, through our pharmacists and cardiology specialists and Jerry Psych specialists and the list goes on to be able to, to support patients in different ways than just anytime we, we have the, anytime we can put a provider in front of them or need to put a provider in front of them, we can so that we're, we're able to have great outcomes and really show those great outcomes. So I'm excited about the one that we've entered into. We've got two, two more that we're, we're considering and, and negotiating, but I think that allows us, you know, as a, as an organization, a couple of things, one to really showcase what we're able to do. Um, I think, you know, I'm just really excited about that because, you know, any other, any other fee for service, healthcare provider is able to to put a provider in front of a patient you know have a relationship manage the disease so on mm-hmm. and so forth but uh with us you know we'll we'll enter into doing more chronic care management this year we'll have to utilize our remote patient monitoring equipment more this year right we'll have to utilize patient advocates and clinicians differently to help manage um, you know, certain diseases, certain patients, which may mean, you know, a patient's going to get a phone call every day yeah. from, from a team member from us uh, if, if they're in a, in a critical area because it's going to have a negative implication on us if they go to the emergency room or they go to the hospital. But what we're being told is, you know, primary care has the most significant impact toward patient outcomes, and, and I think we meet that head on. Yeah. And, and are excited to do so. Sure. So w- one of the things that we're going to need to do um, moving forward is um, is really have um, an, an, 
again, an intentional effort toward documentation. Mm-hmm. Not that we haven't before, not that we don't have some great historians, uh, some great documenters, but really as, as we showcase our abilities, we're going to have to to make some adjustments. Uh, and one of the things that's put in place is uh, a number of years ago, something called HCC, the hierarchical condition category. It's hard to say. <laughs> um, that really breaks down different diseases and, and kind of ranks them as, as, as it falls into acuity. Mm-hmm. And, and with those different categories is a, is a risk adjustment factor. So when CMS put this into place, they said, you know, a risk adjustment factor is going to have a score toward it, right. which really says, you know, this is a this is a numeric value toward acuity of a patient, mm-hmm. essentially in in a healthcare executive layman term right. mindset. So, one point of a risk adjustment factor equates to about nine thousand dollars from from CMS from an estimate standpoint. So right. a patient who's, you know, a 1.0 CMS says we expect that we'll spend about $9,000 for them this year. Right. And that's that's done through the weighting of documentation whether that's, you know, a specified disease, uh, a disease with complications, you know, also the the history of a uh, amputation, the history of, you know, a, a different disease that, that might not necessarily be active sure. at the moment, but, but the patient has, has a history of it. So if the patient does have complications, which their actual risk adjustment factor score might be a 2.5, but our document uh, documentation is showing a 1.0, then that 2.5 is going to reflect $25,000 versus yeah. a 1.0 that, that'll reflect $9,000. And, and that's where that, that savings comes in of, you know, we've estimated that it's going to be $25,000 and this patient only spent $18,000 this mm-hmm. year. Then, then the insurance payer source is able to go back to CMS and say, you know, this is how much we're able to save. And then, then we receive a, a, a portion of that to, offset what we were able to do as the insurance company yeah. saying, Hey, you guys did a good job managing this patient this year. This is the incentive payment that we want to get back to you. So, right. um, I think that's probably the way the healthcare industry is moving mm-hmm. because it will be based off of outcomes, uh, instead of, instead of input. So it's going to be harder and harder for yeah. healthcare, uh, health, healthcare facilities to, to, uh, continue to operate just on fee for service. So, you know, this cut that's put in place for us this year doesn't just affect SC house calls. This was on SC house calls cut. This was a, a physician's fee service across the United States right. cut. So, it's it's definitely going to be a tough tough year for the healthcare industry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and going back to you know, you know the outcomes, you know, and, and getting paid for those outcomes. You should get what you pay for at the end of the day as a patient and, and the patient's going to get what they pay for, you know? Um, so I think it's, it's only wise. And I think it'll make healthcare providers stronger at the end of the day, providing better care. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out and plays out this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. It will. So, so I, I I think, you know, my takeaways that, that, you know, I want people to hear is, you know, We'll continue to grow. Mm-hmm. 
it's what we do as an organization. It's what we yeah. do um, as our culture, <clears throat> just because that's, we don't know any different. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think one of the things that with the final rule is is you know CMS is really still intrigued by telemedicine, mm-hmm. and they think that there's there's definitely value there. They want to continue to study it. Um, so it, it did not have a, a, a rate reduction this year that, you know, they were kind of toying with of, of reimbursing that less. So um, to me, you know, the, the use of an in-person provider plus the extended use of telemedicine either by, by that primary care provider or by our specialty services, you know, we're going to have to have to increase those in order to meet what CMS is asking us to do in managing these patients more frequently through more frequent touches. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's definitely a a key factor. I think with our assisted living and skilled nursing partners, you know, we're going to have to have to increase those visits as well because they're at such a high risk for, uh, returning to a hospital setting, having Mm -hmm. adverse, um, adverse effects. But, you know, those, patient populations have people that look after them versus mm-hmm. a, a patient in the home that that might not have anybody to look after yeah. them so um so there's definitely a balance there that as we look at at differing scheduling opportunities making sure that we're not we're not leaving any patients in the cracks and those facilities will be better for it at the end of the day anyways. absolutely absolutely um and then and then really leveraging our our uh, our pharmacists um as mm-hmm. a part of that team that's taking care of that patient because of, of interactions. You know, I, I think I read that, um, you know, one of the, one of the leading causes of rehospitalizations was, uh, improper med, med management. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, of patients that had gone to the hospital and, and died unexpectedly. It was because of, of poor med management. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely something that's preventable. Right. And, and, you know, as again, as a, as a primary care practice, that's that's incumbent upon us to uh, to make sure we're helping with that. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think this is going to be an exciting year. I think there's there's a lot that's gonna you know there's always going to be curveballs. There's always going to be those things, but I th- I think it's going to be um, as patients are gonna, they're going to be healthier because of it all. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, and Jamie, you know, I, I guess one of the things that really drives me that you know, when I wake up in the morning and, and uh, report for duty for work, um, it's just that opportunity. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've been able to talk to our team members who have been inspired by, you know, the, the visible ways that we've been able to help patients. Um, you know, I'm inspired by how we're able to significantly impact healthcare. Um, I'm inspired by Scott's leadership and, and, intuitiveness and innovation and disruptiveness uh, (laughs) for for this industry that he he really feels like one that there's a better way to deliver health care but two it's because he cares about the people that we care for sure i think we all do so um so so that's my message for for starting 2022 is that um you know we've got the opportunity and really obligation to help patients operate at a at a a high functionality and be right there with them to, to walk them through the disease process or their goals as a patient. So yeah. I'd challenge each of our team members to do that. 
Absolutely. And it's going to make a difference at the end of the day. It really is. It really is. Matt, what's, if you could only choose one thing that excites you about 2022, what would it be? If I could choose one thing that excites me about 2022, um, you know, Jamie, it's, it's opportunities. I, I know that sounds cliche, but no. um, it's, it's opportunities. That's what excites me. The opportunity to enter into value-based contracts, the opportunity to, to have more patience, the opportunity to do better because we know we can do better, the yeah. opportunity to create, um, create new technology and new innovation because uh, it's going to have better outcomes and there's a void there. Um, so, so it really is, it really is opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I think that's a great thing to be excited about. And a lot of people, they, they, they kind of get scared when there's those opportunities, you know, and and it's all about perspective. You can look at an opportunity as a bad thing sometimes, you know, you know, you look at this 5%, you know, it could be a bad thing. Well, we're going to make it a good thing. We're going to make it more productive, more, you know, you're going to make it, it's an opportunity at the end of the day. And I think that's the, that's a, that perspective is important. Am I, am I intimidated by the opportunity? Absolutely. Sure. I am. Who wouldn't? Am I excited by being able to be surrounded by excellent scientists and clinicians mm-hmm. and people that I know will, will take us to seeing through those opportunities and beyond that that's yeah. where the excitement is. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, those are the things that are going to make you what you are and make things better. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting 2022. Well, Matt, stay tuned with the uh, experiencing healthcare podcast. And yeah. We'll, we'll take you through 2022. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it and uh, happy new year. Happy new year. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at experiencinghealthcare.com. If you would like to submit a question or potential topics for the podcast, send us an email at jmpreston at ltchs.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the LTC University Podcast, the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, and coming soon, the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.